0: Hello everybody and welcome to the first edition of The Salento Files. I'm your host, Margot Faraci, and if you're listening to this, it's probably because I asked you to. In this first edition, I'm going to give you an introduction on what The Cilento Files is about. This is the annoying scene-setting thing you're supposed to do at the start of something like a blog or podcast series before you get into the fun stuff. I'm not one for following too many rules, so if you prefer to ignore and get straight to the meat of the following editions, please, by all means, do so. But if you do like a bit of structure, stay with me here. It'll take about 15 minutes, so strap in and enjoy your bus ride to work while your mind is cast to far-off places." I've started this blog and podcast for a couple of reasons and I wanted to let you know about it in this, the first edition. First, I found that a lot of my time here is spent telling all of you back there the same things. Second, as things happened and also as they don't, there's a lot going through my head. A friend of mine who likes to keep busy told me once he fully believes that saying, that an empty mind is the devil's playground. Now the Buddhists would say an empty mind is true enlightenment and I've often wondered who's right. I've found that sometimes, like when I'm home with a newborn or when I'm languishing on a couch with an illness, the devil is extremely active inside my head. My mind doesn't cope so well with stillness and solitude. But once I get past that initial frustration, and particularly if I'm doing something enjoyable, I find that my mind is filled with many questions and ideas, which could mean something if I could just find some time to give them some air. So since deciding to take off to Italy, I've wondered what would happen to my mind once it was freed from you know, strategizing on RBA interest rate decisions or navigating corporate politics and, of course, the ongoing and uh, very important compromise between volume and margin in mortgage growth. As it turns out, heaps has happened to my mind. It does seem the devil is creating a lot of thoughts, but I'm so close to Catholicism here that I can't help but feel that there are a lot of other forces warring with him. After the initial shock of landing in the cold, wild nether regions of Puglia, I've thought about lots, and I've thought about how it relates to my life back in Australia. And I've thought of many of you and how I'd like to talk with you about what I'm thinking and hear what you think about it. So here we are. You can expect an edition of the Salento files to come down the wire every fortnight, or thereabouts. Let's not get all uptight and corporate about deadlines. I promise you that this won't be about Italian food or countryside. No one needs more of that. For the most part, I will try not to create diminishing and disrespectful caricatures out of the locals. If provoked, however, I will slanderously broadcast any locals' wrongdoing quicker than you can say no right of reply passive-aggressive, you bet. So what will it be about if it's not about any of those things? Well, my mum once said to me when reflecting on her time raising children, there have been really marvellous times, some episodes I'd rather forget and lots of bits that were just plain boring. I think she probably should have put no offence but in front of that bit about being bored in all though, I consider it a pretty accurate description. The thing is, when you don't have work to go to after you've dropped off your kids at school, and when you're in a new country with no friends, no points of reference, and lots of curiosity, the stuff that would normally fall into the category of boring bits becomes stuff that goes into a new category, like, hang on, hang on, what's the hell, what's going on here? What do I think about that? And what do other people think about that? So for those with only sketchy details, here's the rundown on what we're doing here and why. My husband and I have been married since 2003 and have two children, born in 2006 and 2008 respectively. Throughout it all, we've kept working and kept working and kept working, probably like a lot of you who are listening to this now. We've shared the care of the kids equally and we've taken flexible options at work when they've been possible, and we've both advanced our careers. We've done all this through the endlessness of daycare illnesses, the frozen fear created by the GFC, an interstate move and a couple of job changes and we're tired. We promised each other when our second child was born that we would get off this treadmill at some point and have an adventure for a year. Otherwise, what are we living this life for? We both enjoy our professional lives, but time is moving quickly and we want to focus on the things that matter for a while. So our adventure is now. A year off work in a foreign country with the kids attending the local school and, hopefully, picking up the language. Now, this decision is not without risk and complexity. But we've made the decision, and with that comes acceptance of that associated risk and complexity. And at times, questioning ourselves and our worth as parents. And you'll hear all about that. We're living in a place called Ujano La Chiesa. Have a look on Google Maps. You'll see where it is, 70 kilometres across the water to Albania, around the corner from Greece, and five kilometres from the easternmost point of Italy. We're nowhere, baby. We'd never been here before we decided to spend a year here. Ujano, as we shall now call it, has 4,000 inhabitants and an average age of about 70 if you go by the men gossiping in the piazza every day. It has two pizzerias, about four bars or cafes as we would call them, and no taxis. We're not in Wollara now. It's very different to anything our kids have experienced before, which is one of the reasons we came, but really not so different to the places my husband and I grew up. We were both raised in country towns. Otranto is up the road, and that's where the kids go to school. It is, I'm told, but I'm yet to see, extremely popular with tourists from all over Europe because of its natural beauty and abundant seaside beaches. We arrived in the middle of winter, and the place has been got blowing a gale ever since. So I kind of feel about Otranto the same way I feel about Kylie Minogue. I get that other people find her amazing. I just don't see it myself. I really hope that this will change as the weather improves and we start seeing more people. I'm less concerned about changing my view on Kylie. The main protagonists in the Salento Files will be, firstly me, as you know, I'm a mother, a wife and a banker. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be a professional and have a profession, but I never wanted to be a wife or a mother. I grew up in country Victoria and shot through to uni in 1994 studying law. I did an arts degree as well, which I thought of at the time as pure indulgence. Law was always to be my vocation, so I saw the arts bit as a way to just kind of study things I was interested in. I thought about doing economics instead, but my father's family is Italian. We'd never spoken any Italian at home, and I had never been able to communicate with my grandparents, which had always frustrated me. I thought if I studied Italian, I'd be able to at least have a conversation with them. I can see now how wrong I was about everything – Law as a study into fairness, justice and most of all critical reasoning was wonderful. Law as a vocation with all its desk time and hourly billing and risk aversion was the opposite of wonderful. As a banker I'm surrounded by colleagues full of economics qualifications who know all about macro this and micro that. And in the early days of banking, I wished every day that I had taken the econ- economics path and could speak the language of finance. After nearly a decade in banking, I can say with some authority, as many of you will say from what you've seen over the last few years, that the economists haven't exactly nailed it. So, no great loss for me there on missing out on the economics degree. But the easiest thing I did at uni, the inquisitive, indulgent and joyful arts degree with its three years of Italian, has stayed with me and that's what's enabled this adventure. I finished the degree in 1996 and I haven't really spoken much Italian since. I'm pretty sure I speak Italian the same way Borat speaks English, but I can't have an ego about it and if it needs to be enough for now. Similarly, I was wrong about being a wife and mother. Both of those roles give me more pleasure than I could ever have imagined, and I have the other protagonists in this story to thank for that. The last thing I'd like you to know about me is that my mother died after a short illness when she was 53. I'm not being morbid here, there's a point. I was 27 at the time that she died, and of course, this was unexpectedly early, and there are many things she never had a chance to do, seeing her daughters get married and have children, just to name a few. This is a source of great sadness to me, but I've decided to use the lessons from her death in a constructive way and to help shape my own life. I turned 36 last year. As I did so, I realised that when my mother turned 36, unbeknownst to her, her life was effectively two-thirds over. I asked myself what she would have done differently had she known that. And then I asked myself what that meant for my own decision-making – And that led to a conversation with my husband about pursuing our dream of an Italian adventure. He's the second protagonist here, Stephen Mitchell. You might call him Mitch, you might call him Steve, but what you need to know is he's a management accountant who defies all stereotypes of his profession by also being hilarious and very kind. You won't hear him complain and you'll never hear him talk about his achievements Most people don't know how hard he's worked over the years to combine shared care of our children and his demanding professional responsibilities. There have been weeks when we've each done interstate trips and tag-teamed responsibility for vomiting children. The cab waits out the front, delivering one of us home from the airport and taking the other one in the opposite direction. And I'm sure many of you can relate. And there have been many times he's left work at five, sorted out kids' dinners, baths and bedtimes, awaited my arrival home from work and then gone back to work until one in the morning. Besides the odd dinner out together here and there, it's been years since Mitch and I have had a proper conversation. As admin partners go, we know that we're unbeatable. In preparing for this year away, though, I've been wondering what will happen when the music stops. Will we talk and laugh the way we used to? In age order, the next protagonist we have is our son, Charlie. He's five and a half years old. He should be studying primary school this year. Instead, his parents have taken him to a backwater where kids don't go outside to play in winter and which doesn't have footy. And he needs to learn to read and write if he's to go into year one back in Australia next year. So we'll see how that goes. Last in age order is our daughter. Eve is three and a half years old. Eve has a lot to say and if you sit and listen, you will never be bored. And I dare you to start an argument with her. Eve would be doing the preschool program if she were in Australia this year and would probably be going about three days a week. No such choice in Italy. You're either there five days or you're not there at all. So the decision has been made for us. Eve is attending Materna, that's the kindy, five days a week, which I think is quite a lot for a three-year-old. Given the Italians generally keep their kids up till about 11 o'clock every night, I have no idea how the children cope. We'll see. One thing that's really important to get out of the way now. As I talk about our life in Australia and as we go through the year and I complain about things being tough here, please understand that I'm conscious that all these complaints are truly first world problems. I get that. I call it anxiety relativity and it's in your face here. Others call it perspective. I acknowledge it and you kind of can't stop thinking about other people's plights here. Well, there's Greece and Spain just around the corner. And then further down the scale there's Syria, so we'll get to all that. I hope you'll meet many other people along the way. If you don't, that means we haven't, which may provide for not only a lonely year in Italy, but a very boring blog and podcast series for you. Let's ensure that's not the case. Watch out for the new editions of the Salento Files every fortnight, and come with me as we venture into post-Berlusconi's Southern Italy. Ha ha ha! Devil's playground indeed.